We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hey, friends of Christ, if you bought a Powerball ticket, what are the odds of you winning that multi-state lottery? Something around 292 to 1. If you play high school baseball, what are the odds that you'll make it in the big leagues? Well, that's a little better. It's something like 1 in 600... 6,600, which ironically enough is exactly the same odds of someone picking your four-digit pin on the first try. What are the odds of you being struck by lightning? Well, that one's something like one in three million. And oh, by the way, a man named Roy Sullivan holds the world's record. He's been struck seven times. He's got no more hair and he answers to the name Matilda now. But the most important against all odds, or what all odds, is this question. What are the odds that a man brutally beaten and then crucified by the Roman Empire would come back to life? The odds are astronomical, but get this, it happened. It really happened. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The goal for this little sermon is, is really twofold. First, that we profess Easter. Easter happened. Christ really did rise from the grave. That's profess, and it's foundational. The second goal, though, is that we possess Easter. We recognize that Easter happens inside of us. That's possess. Yeah, that's eternal. Today, we wrap up our series on the book of Exodus. This is the 10th and the last in the series entitled, Let My People Go. And today we come to Exodus chapter 15. What are the odds? What are the odds that a group of Israelite slaves would defeat the most powerful military force of its day? The Egyptians, led by their powerful and pompous pharaoh. The drama begins in Exodus 1 verse 11. The Egyptians put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor who worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor and bricks and mortar, all kinds of work in the fields. But it gets worse. Exodus 5, Pharaoh orders, no longer supply the people with straw. Give them straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. But require them to make the same number of bricks. Don't reduce the quota. Pharaoh's using bricks and whips and all his nasty tricks. But it gets even worse. As the Israelites flee Egypt, they look over their shoulders, and there's Pharaoh, madly chasing after him with 600 of his best chariots and his best officers, screaming at them, you'll have hell to pay for this. But it gets even worse. The Israelites become surrounded. They're stuck on all sides. Exodus 14:11. they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? And just when the odds are completely against Israel, they come to Exodus 15, verses 4 and 5. Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. No wonder the Israelites sing in Exodus 15 to, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. That's the first hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
And then Exodus 15.3, Yahweh is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. All of this, though, is just a preview, a peek, a prelude, if you will, into the Bible's against-all-odds story. Opposition began early in Christ's ministry. The Pharisees plotted with the Herodians. The scribes tested him with Torah trivia. His brothers rioted and ridiculed him. The Sadducees ponchers posture with pentateuchal pride, but it gets worse. Jesus will have hell to pay. Once he's arrested, Jesus is bound, accused, blindfolded, and mocked. But it gets worse. They strip him naked and beat him into a bloody pulp. The crowds are in a frenzy, crucify him, crucify him. But it gets even worse. Jesus is blood-soaked and spiked to a tree for six hours. He is crucified, dead, and buried. And just when everyone thought it was over, the angel announces, he's not here. He's risen just as he said. And Mary shouts, Rabboni. And Thomas, for all ages, declares, my Lord and my God. Against all odds, Jesus lives. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. As I said, the goal of this sermon is twofold, that we profess Easter and that we possess Easter. Easter happened. That's profess. Easter is happening in me. That's possess. And there are at least three reasons or three barriers to us possessing Easter. Maybe we grew up in a family that didn't work. Sometimes I run into people, they're walking zombies. No, not children of the living dead. But when they were children, something was broken, something broken inside. And now they're a third or a half of the way through their life and starting to think that whatever's broken, not going to be fixed. Whatever is lost, it's not going to be found. I'm talking about, there's some more odds for you, one in three people whose parents were divorced. I'm talking about one in four women who were sexually abused as children. Talking about one in seven people who grew up with an alcoholic parent. Talking about people who grew up in families with absentee dads, controlling moms, screaming parents, and abusive siblings. You feel as though the odds are against you. Or maybe you've experienced a devastating loss. For some of you, this means that your spouse died, or your marriage died or your child died, or your dad died. For others, it means that your dream died. And I'd venture to say that for some of you, your will to live died right along with that loss. Most days you feel like Mount Everest is sitting on your chest, crushing whatever's left out of your life. You feel as though the odds, you know, they're against you. Maybe you're crippled by a destructive habit. What is it for you? Gambling? Drugs, alcohol, pornography, work. Read lesson comments. I, I once heard a guy say, I spent my entire childhood feeling invisible. There was no abuse or other stuff like that. I just felt invisible. I wanted to say, hello, I'm a little person with a love-starved heart. Would you please notice me and see me and convince me that I matter? It never happened. Today, he's addicted to his boat his booze, and his big bucks. Can you relate? You just want to be 
to be, that the people around you would see, yeah, there you are. I love you. You matter in my life. You feel as though the odds are against you. Well, the odds were definitely against Lee Caps. Lee Caps didn't know how to fly, but he went for a ride with his friend who knew how to fly. His friend had his private pilot ticket, but once they were airborne, his friend had a heart attack and died. Lee grabbed the radio mic and cried for help. An air traffic controller in Renton, Washington, heard Lee's cry for help, and he said, this is your lucky day. Not only am I an air traffic controller, I'm also a flight instructor. Would you be interested in a flying lesson? <laughs> Being otherwise unoccupied, Lee Cap said, sure, why not? The air traffic controller said, Lee, you're going to have to take a shot at landing this plane with no practice, no dress rehearsal, no spring training. Well, Lee Caps came in like a drunk duck. It's all over the place. And he hit pretty hard. But Lee Caps walked away from it all with just a few minor cuts. Afterwards, the air traffic controller was interviewed by some of the local television stations, and they said, did you really think that he'd walk away alive? The air traffic controller responded, folks, Lee Caps made it against all odds. I know. Oh, God, I know. Stuff is going on. A whole lot of stuff is going on in your life. The odds are stacked against you. You're circling the runway, hoping that you can land this thing. Your greatest fear is that you'll crash and burn. You'll become a greasy smudge on the tarmac. The Vegas bookies, if they took out odds on you, you would be a really long shot. A very long shot indeed. But let me remind you of two honest-to-God facts. Against all odds, Israel made it out of Egypt. Better yet, against all odds, Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. We profess Easter with every ounce of our being. But, oh God, we long to possess Easter with every other ounce of our being. And Paul says we can. Romans 8, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit that is ours in baptism, who declared, you are mine. The spirit that is ours in the words of absolution, who proclaims, you are forgiven. The spirit that is ours in the preached word who teaches us, you are a child of God. Through that spirit, Easter can happen in us. God promises resurrection for everything that looks so lifeless, so hopeless, so dead. Ask the Holy Spirit to give that to you. John, in John 14, Jesus put it this way, because I live, you also will live. Easter happened, that's profess. Easter is happening in me, that's possess. We live now and we will live forever. We have a word for all this, and what would that be? Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.